Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, friends. This is Matthias Roberts, and you're listening to Queerology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode one. For any of us, I think, any time that we weather some harrowing experience, or at least however harrowing that may, may be to us, it, if you go back to it, I think it does. It can fuel your fire for some courage and some bravery a little bit later down the track, because you know, you know, in your arsenal of, of lived experience that you can survive a lot. When I was little, my mom would pop in uh, to our cassette player a Jennifer Knapp's Kansas album, I think one of the most iconic Christian albums of the late 90s uh, and she would sing along and we loved Jennifer Knapp uh, and so did so many other people she was the darling of the Christian music industry uh, raking in Dove Awards uh, Grammy nominations uh, she's kind of a common name and then all of a sudden she disappeared and kind of announced to the world that she was taking a break from music and didn't know when she would be coming back and for years we didn't hear anything from her. Uh, and then these rumors started flying that she might be gay and and that she was escaping from the world, the, the industry. She'd lost her faith, blah, 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 and on and on. And, and in late 2009, uh, she kind of came back, announced that she was back in, in the music industry. She announced the release of her new album, Letting Go, uh, and simultaneously confirmed that the rumors were true. Jennifer Knapp was gay. And I remember sitting in my room as a freshman in college uh, and reading the news and thinking, oh my gosh, like, here's here's someone else who is like me. And I wasn't out at the time at all. Um, I hadn't told really anyone that I was gay. Uh, and to kind of watch with a sort of like sick fascination of what happened to her and the way she was kind of dragged across the coals, uh, abandoned by so many people uh, for coming out. Uh, Jennifer is kind of a pioneer in this area of, of living as a person of faith who is queer. Uh, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. First episode. Uh, y'all, we're here. Queerology, it's a thing. Uh, I've long had this podcast in mind. Uh, it's one that I've been wanting to do for quite a while, bringing together so many different voices within uh, the queer community, trying to do intersections between faith and psychology and theology and science and, and all of these different fields and try to have productive conversations and conversations that maybe aren't happening in other places. Uh, so that's the goal. Uh, this is kind of an experiment. Uh, I'm learning, growing, trying to figure out how in the world to make a podcast, uh, but we're doing it. And I'm so excited to share with you what we have so with that, I want to say, like, 
Welcome. Welcome to Quirology, a weekly podcast releasing on Tuesdays. Uh, so excited to journey with you all uh, in this life of figuring out what it means to be a queer person of faith. Uh, let's dive right in. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today. It is my pleasure. Where where am I actually? You are no- <laughs> <laughs> You are in Seattle. Oh no, I'm pretty sure I was there like two days ago. I know, yeah, I was at your show. It was it was great. Oh, were you? I you was were at my show and you didn't say hi? Yeah, well we kinda we kinda waited for a while, but then everyone else in our group wanted to get going, so it was Oh man, yeah, I stood but, you up. That's yeah, terrible. No, you're fine. <laughs> but it was wonderful. Um really, really enjoyed it. And thanks for hanging out, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, so to start, uh, this is kind of a question I ask everyone, uh, but how do you identify, uh, and then how has your faith tradition, uh, kind of influenced and informed that identity? Yeah, that, you know, normally I would say, dude, what a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is, you know, that's why it's fascinating. Um, yeah. you know, I, I always, I always kind of like, freak out about how I answer this question, which is so funny because mm. I should be able to answer this question however I want to, right? Right. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, I just, I get up in the morning and I go, oh, I'm a woman. You know, that's like, like, almost the first thought I have to yeah. most things that I go through, which um, I don't, I don't really think about my sexuality mm. that way, although it comes up, um, and so, you know, lesbian gets used in my life, but really most of the time I'm just me. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't spend my time kind of trying to get a label for myself, which is interesting considering some of the labels that, that do work for me. But right. yeah, I mostly just walk around, get up and do my day. And woman's probably the first thing that, that I go through. Hmm. And, and as far as how my, my faith informs that, um, yeah, I think it, it runs into it quite a bit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say it. I, I don't know if it informs it. Mm. Um, I probably reshape it and go, wow, what is the one thing that constantly gets graded against? And mm. I think faith definitely has to bring that identity into play a lot. Like, what does that mean as a woman? Um, and, and I think it, it's in that, in that zone when I, when I deal within the context of my faith and who I am as a person, how I identify then a lot of other things start to kind of fold together when those two things collide. So, right. you know, wh- who am I as a woman of faith? At, how has my sexuality kind of played into that? Because that has different connotations for me as a woman than it does, I think, for some men that are right. in that environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and things that I, the way that, the ways that I talk about my faith. So I, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily infor- saying, like, describing how my faith informs it, but right. I I certainly feel like it's it's one of the things that chips away or it's one of the things that persists in my life that I feel like um, ha- that I have to deal with in context directly mm-hmm. to the identity that I do have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it, it sounds like it's more of a kind of like not not conflict so much, but as a they have to. I mean, you said the words kind of like grade up against each other, like. Uh, I think that that's something that that sounds so familiar to me because like growing up in uh, certain faith traditions and in Christianity, like, you know, where those messages that tell us they have to gray up against each other. Um, Yeah. You know, it's interesting because those are two things that don't 
necessarily go away. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, and, they, and I, I think it, at certain t- times in my life, I would I'd say, you know, obviously as a as a forty year old woman now, that has, you know, how I view myself as a woman is different than when, say, I was probably a ten year. I didn't refer to myself as a ten year old woman. Right. Um, when I was ten, and so, but those are the things that are consistent that that show up. Mm-hmm. And as I age, as I travel, as I go to diff- go through different experiences and situations. You know, I think those are two really big bellwethers about what happens and what I have to contend with with my life. And yeah. and even even as much as I've tried to run away from my faith at mm. times, it's still something that persists in being something that I think about and is, is clearly a part, integral part of my life, right. depending on how much I share about that or how identifying I choose that to be. It's mm. still there. And so... Mm. I think that's what's fascinating about those two things for me personally, and as as I've had to deal with them, and I think that's uh, the other, the only other thing I'd say is that I think it's a real. While yes, I do think they they meet each other and they they're sometimes in contest with one another. Mm-hmm. I don't necess- I actually work really hard to try and make that not be such a negative thing. Like mm-hmm. I actually enjoy those challenges. Mm-hmm. It lets me know that I'm alive and I'm probably in the places that I need to be. Yeah. When I- hearing from them so mm-hmm. yeah i love that um to find that i think one of i i'm a student in counseling psychology and one of my uh, professors often says that those those binds those places where kind of like two things that don't seem like they can go together that those those meetings are where like the beauty and magic in life happens uh and f- for so many of us who are queer people of faith like we embody that. Yeah. I, and I think there's a, a, it's been interesting because there's, I think in the last 20 years or so, I think among the, not just for myself, but I think even for some of the folks that I've talked to when, when I go and it, when I'm hanging out with other queer people of faith, I think one of the interesting narratives that has been told is that, you know, when, when somebody understands their sexual orientation as being, you know, non, if we're non-gender, you know, non-gender binary or not, or not necessarily kind of pulling the, the heteronormative line, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you, it, we're, we're pitted as being in contest with our faith, right. which, it's, which I was shocked. At, and I believe that, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a queer person of faith, I, well, I thought that they couldn't live together right. just as much as anyone told me. And that's just, it's just not true. Right. And I, I think people who say that, don't necessarily haven't probably like had that experience yeah. you know yeah because it, in the long run i think for me personally it's been part of informing at times it's it's part of the thing that helps me understand who i am mm. and i don't there are some days i'm probably far less quote-unquote christian in the truest sense but even in that like my sexual orientation and my hanging out with the LGBTQI community and talking about things about identity, mm-hmm. I start to get an appreciation that there's, there's a fluidity to a lot of, a lot of the things that we experience and the, the, and that, and faith is the same way right. to me. Yeah. It's that, you know, as you experience it over time, you may walk in believing something and walk out having a wholly different experience yet no less affected and no less serious about your faith even though that looks different or you may describe that dis- dif- different years on down the track yeah so you, you went through a very 
public coming out experience a few years ago. And I was watching your TED Talk a little while ago, uh, and you kind of talked about uh, how you went from all, from singing songs or being perceived as singing songs that kind of could be universalized, talked about the human experience, to all of a sudden being placed in this little box of I'm singing gay songs uh, and <laughs> going from being seen as a person to a demographic uh, I think that's an experience that so many of us can relate with of like all of a sudden we're taken from being this this person to fitting into being placed into this category these categories of now what what we have to be when we come out um, I, I wonder if you can maybe talk more a little bit about that and how how you've worked with that since since coming out yeah you know I think it's it's Two, I think I got kind of two things. Is is one is I, I think that the first thing is that I've had to notice that mm. now. I've I've had to notice, which is something that as a as a songwriter in years prior, I never really thought too much about gender. Yeah, um, I never thought too much about gender roles. And even then this, this was before, you know, I identified as a, as a lesbian in any shape or form. Mm -hmm. Um, as a person of faith, one of the things that I, I realized kind of looking back is I, I created my art trying to create this universal space. Yeah. I've tried to somewhat neutralize gender in my, in my music, which usually tipped it to a more masculine side. Mm -hmm. I'd often referred, use male pronouns for myself. Mm. Um, I say for myself, but for the character that's singing that song, mm. um, which now I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not sure I would do it that way. Yeah. But it's it certainly made me more aware of of gender issues and gender and, and language and pronouns and stuff when I write. Mm. So, but at the same time, like I kind of I don't want necessarily to alter the universality that I'm striving to have. Right in my music. So like there was an occasion a while back where, um, I, on my last record, I did a, a cover from, uh, Anita Baker mm. and Anita Baker sings this, what I, I think is this beautiful love song, um, to her male lover. Mm. And I didn't change the pronouns or anything in it. Yeah. I, I sang the song because that's the way that I found it. And that, that song didn't offend me in any way. And so I just sang it the way that I did. And, then I got a, a, a few emails from a few LGBTQ fans mm -hmm. that were like, well, you should have changed those pronouns on behalf of the LGBTQI community. Yeah. And I was like, well, why should I change? Like, I, like, and I, I understood it. Mm -hmm. But the other, on the other hand of it, going, well, and I, have, I want to be respected you know, for my art. And like, if, you want, if at any point in time anybody wants to change the lyrics to any of my music, I think they're, you know, if, if it suits you better to do that, then by all means do that yeah. while you're singing and make it your own. At the same time, like that song was my own when I sang it that way. And I didn't necessarily see it. And I didn't necessarily personally have a problem with the, you're my man, I'm your girl line out of it. Mm -hmm. um, because I've historically really loved bothering people <laughs> by doing that. So, you know, like it's kind of, for me, it's, it's, for me, it's an act of queering something up yeah. and, and there are little ways that I've done that. And so, I don't know. And in the long run, I mean, it, it makes me aware of that. But it's it's also been a challenge in my art to go, you know, I want to pay attention to that at times when it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. 
And other times I think it's just really important to write good art. Mm -hmm. And if you go and uh, this, this held for me when I was writing Christian music as well. Like if you, if you have to go so far out of the path of, of somebody's experience and where the song is leading you naturally, if you have to go so far out to prove your point, then you're probably not on the right path to prove your point with that song. Right. So, um, it, but it, it, it has been interesting to have that experience and I'm grateful to have it mm. because it, at, at the end of the day, I, what I do hope is that even as I share my own experience inside of this music, as it's come out with, with this new bit of information about me that, that other people might be able to have that experience as well to see their sexuality, to see sexuality is a lot more fluid than we've described it in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and then when it happens in a song that we can see that that's three and a half minutes, you yeah. know, the three and a half minutes is by all means, not all of my life, mm-hmm. but it's just this moment. And maybe you can accept me in this moment for what it comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something, I mean, in, in seeing you play, uh, this past weekend, uh, that kind of creating space for, you said fluidity, I think space for open expression, um, something comes to mind when when you started playing a little more uh from way back when and that song yeah it's an ancient song yeah (laughs) and that song that i think i i mean i know i I listened to growing up and i i looked around the room and there were so many people who were singing along who just had tears in their eyes they were aching for it it was amazing and it was (laughs) it was such a beautiful moment to see like the journeys like I felt like we've all been on these journeys to like in a way together meeting in this room uh, under this familiarity of a song that means different things to every one of us uh it was incredible it was such a powerful moment you know and that teaches me too because I I can I can honestly say even the other night like I I really that that was on my set list but it wasn't in my set list in that order Mm. Um, and I didn't really, I wasn't really ready to play it. Mm. <laughs> it was funny, but it, it just kind of felt like the room was like giving me looks <laughs> like, you know, we really love this new stuff, but man, we, we do a lot better if you give us some old stuff right now mm. and, and go into that space. And I, like, I love that. My audiences have really kind of taught me how to do that, mm. but that it's, it's also that thing where, where my audiences have taught me about that, where there are times where I wanted to throw that older music out. And even sometimes I'm not real enthusiastic to get into well, it. Yeah. Cause like right now I'm super eager to play all the new stuff, right? right? It's all new and shiny. Yeah. So I'm pretty selfish and I want to do that. <laughs> but then the audience is there because they know that long story. And, and for, for folks to be able to share that, I mean, I think that takes a lot of vulnerability from an audience mm. to like, to come to a show and say, no, seriously, like, this is what I came here for. Mm-hmm. And to pretty much ask for that teaches me something about it every night. And that for, for listening to other people talk about how a particular song has moved them. I like, I forget I do this, that this is my job, mm-hmm. right? Like I forget that I'm a civilian like everybody else. And that I have music that I've been listening to and the songs that I love that are 20 years old that are in my iPod that I still listen to for, inspiration i forget that i've like i've got work that's done that for other people and it's remembering that and and having us all come together and go these are the spots and we can share that i I don't know i just think it's one of the most amazing things to to be able to witness and 
I regularly get schooled <laughs> on that because I forget. It, it is funny because I put my head down sometimes, especially you know when I'm in the middle of a, a long run of shows or something. I I forget, yeah. and the the there's not there's always a moment invariably in any night if I've forgotten it that someone reminds me mm. that that music means a lot to our expression and and that people own those songs apart from me, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm finding myself curious around that. You just said music as a part of expression. And um, what, how have have you noticed your creative process change since kind of owning your story or or maybe owning it in more of a public way? Um, Have you noticed a shift in the way that you, you make your art and the way you, you live out your art? Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, yeah, mine's, my answer to that's probably more esoteric mm. than as you, like, I, I feel like I'm a lot more bold now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't fear failure as much as I did when I was, I don't know if that's age, but I, I certainly associate a bit of that with having kind of weathered the storm of that public coming out experience. And I'm like, man, if you ever have to do a press release on who you're sleeping with, (laughs) like it's really crazy. (laughs) I mean, it's completely unreasonable and, and not normal. And, and it really, you really have, like I would say, I, you know, I'm really grateful because I really kind of had to know myself to go through that process Mm -hmm. and having gone through that, or for as much as anyone can know themselves. Mm. But having gone through that process, I'd say at this point, I, I remember there were times, particularly around 2010 and 11, where I would just stand in the middle of the room, just exasperated at the world around me, just going, well, what else? Like, I've told you everything. Yeah. Like, if you don't like me, fine. Like, just go away. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever it is, whatever it is, like, I have nothing. Uh, there's, like, there's just nothing for me to skulk in the shadows about there's nothing for me to be ashamed of mm-hmm. like everyone knows anything that they could know mm-hmm. about me and that's after that like everything else is mundane and uninteresting <laughs> so why would you bother but uh, there was something about that i think that's given me a courage to when i sit down sometimes and write and i think oh i can't really go in that direction or maybe i shouldn't and then the next thing after that is, well, why not? Mm. Like you've already you've already risked everything mm. um, to come out. So why did you risk all of that to come out to not write the songs that you wanted to write? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, even when I think about it now, I'm like, oh shit! Like <laughs> I, yeah, I gotta put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. You know? So it, I think it does. Like you, whether if you uh, for any of us, I think any time that we weather some harrowing experience, or at least however harrowing that may, may be to us, it if you go back to it, I think it does. It can fuel your fire for some courage and some bravery a little bit later down the track because mm-hmm. you know, you know, in your arsenal of, of lived experience that you can survive a lot. Right. And um, so, yeah, I think that does inform my music these days. Mm-hmm. But that's mostly the way I think about it, and it's the, one of the ways that it shows up is just sitting here going, "Yeah, you you need to write that song right. truthfully." Yeah. So clearly, you're you're kind of on in this place of where we've and me too, we've kind of worked through our identities. We're kind of fairly solidly placed in, or are solidly placed in, like this is who I am. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who 
are still in those areas of feeling exile, uh, feeling that unsureness, the vulnerability from from coming out. And and I know that you're one of the people who I think recently have blazed this trail of being a queer person of faith. Uh, what would you say to someone who's just kind of entering in that process or is still in that, that very scary place of coming out um, and trying to build a new life? Yeah. Well, the the first, uh, I, don't, I, I never know what to say around this zone, but mm. I, the, the word that comes to my mind is time. Mm. Um, we, you know, we live in a very fast paced society, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And even in, in part of that quickness is to, you know, you're supposed to know your identity. You're supposed to be able to have it like on a, I guess in bullet point form. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I have a gay card in my wallet, but I keep forgetting to bring it with me. So <laughs> I seriously, I have a gay card. Someone gave me a That's long time awesome. ago. So, uh, <laughs> But I see, like, I always, I saw, I, I carry, I probably carried around for like six months mm. and then I started forgetting to bring it with me. Mm. So that probably says something about me deep <laughs> psychoanalytically. But, um, you know, seriously though, it's, it's, it's time. I, I, people, we spend a lifetime getting to know each other, mm. right? Mm. With friends and family. It's, we don't always become instant friends with any of the people that we have. And we certainly, forget about how much we change or how much even other people around us change. Mm. We don't see it. We don't always appreciate, I think, someone that what time-lapse photography can teach us, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that is one of the first things I would, I always think about is that it's just invest in that time. Be satisfied. Not be satisfied. I mean, it's not even a command, mm. but it's there to me, there's a comfort in under, I wish, I guess if I look back and what I knew, what I know now, what I wish I knew then, mm-hmm. because in two, I mean, most people think, Oh wow, she came out and everything was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I, I ran away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know who I was when I left Christian music. I just knew I didn't want to hang out with those folks anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I needed to have my life. I didn't know what that life meant. I didn't know what my sexuality was going to be in that. I, honestly, I didn't know any of those things. Right. But it was such a crisis point for me that by the luck, I, I, I don't, I mean, I wish I could look, say, say back that I knew what I was doing. I had no idea. Yeah. I was just in survival mode and I got really lucky. Mm. And that was a seven-year process of me living a normal life mm. around people. I built a life where people around me supported me and loved me. Mm-hmm. That In that time, that meant that I had a lot of loss. Mm. It meant that there were people that I just did not go around because I couldn't survive them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't know myself, right? Yeah. I couldn't go around some people because I couldn't survive them. And I didn't make that their fault. It was mine. Yeah. Like, I just didn't have the strength to do it. Mm. And I, I internalized that loss for me personally. So mm. I guess that's all to say is that when I look back at that and before everybody saw my headlines making, you know, before Larry King Live and all that stuff goes on, right. 
I had seven years or so by myself to figure out who I was. Mm. And I was okay with that. And even then, at that seven-year point, then I started shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like madly. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I was who I was. I wasn't ashamed of that. I could stand there and take the slings and arrows, but I've learned. And now it's been another seven or eight years since that's come since that's happened. I think it's been seven years this year mm-hmm. um, since you know I my public coming out, right. and I'm still learning. Mm. You know, but the difference between 14 years ago and now is that I don't give a shit what you say about me. Yeah, yeah. Like. It, it still hurts. Mm. I'm still a normal human being. I might punch back occasionally, mm-hmm. but it doesn't affect the core, the core part of me. I believe and I entrust in me and the person that I am. Yeah. And that took a very, very long time to do. Mm-hmm. And, and probably longer than the narrative even that I'm, I'm painting out now. Yeah. So when we're talking, so for me, I don't mean to drag it on, but, I think there's something about that 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 you I, I do believe that we we have a responsibility to invest in ourselves mm. to know that we're going to experience loss mm. but at the same time I say hey little gay boys and girls you're going to experience loss yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all do like I experienced it when I was thought I was straight mm-hmm. and I'm experiencing it as a lezzy yeah so you know, it, it's just life. But I think time has an ability. I, I think sometimes it's, it's slowing things down and understanding that this is a process and it doesn't have to be immediate. And it's it's complete and utter bullshit if you think you're going to come out of the closet and everything's going to be great. Yeah. No, like you're only starting. Right. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> you're only starting and it's it's years, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it doesn't stop. Right. And that's because that's life you're now you you're now you mm-hmm. so congratulations mm-hmm. that's amazing you're you yeah. what does you look like because yeah. you're going to spend the rest of your life doing it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so buckle up yeah. kids <laughs> uh yeah it's such a journey such a journey um but i love it though it's exciting oh, yeah. get, you know we'll write some more songs and we'll all get together and we'll sing them together and we'll all cry right. it'll be amazing yeah Yes, it's it's. I think is the, I mean, living true to who you truly are and created to be. Like, there is nothing better than that. Like, that's yeah. So you have a new album coming out uh, here on June twenty third, right? Yes. Love comes back around. Um, tell me about that. Yeah. Um. It's my older and wiser record. Mm. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually, I wanted to write um, a project about, like, I, it seems like I was writing a lot of music about love and relationship. The Set Me Free record prior to this one was definitely about relationships, but it didn't, it had like some moments of love, but I kind of shied away from it. Mm-hmm. And this time I kind of wanted to get a little deeper and a little bit more romantic. But at the same time, I didn't, re- I, I, I'm so afraid of writing about love as a musician because isn't that what we all do? Right. Um, so I gave myself a bit of a project and I started thinking about um, the darks. I guess I wanted it to be an upbeat and, and giving record, but I also like the darkness that, that speaks to it. So um, for me, this is about love in, in, its, in all of its form, mm-hmm. like how it's 
patient. It's kind. It keeps the, like the things that you have to do to maintain love. Yeah. Now, you know, for the a Christian audience, they'll recognize that as First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it doesn't boast. It keeps no record of wrong. I mean, yeah. If I like when I remember this that particular verse of scripture when I was in college and all my Christian friends around me were getting married mm. and at every wedding, yes, <laughs> I had to hear this. So I refused. To, I refused to li- even listen to this scripture. Yeah. It was, it seemed like it was pastel and pink and just colored and glitter, mm. and I just couldn't handle mm-hmm. it because I'm so much more grim than that. Mm. I'm like, man, love is hard, man. You need to arm wrestle and, like, <laughs> chop your arms off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your hand over the flame. Um, but I don't know, and I really thought about that, and I kind of looked at the, the kinds of love that I'd experienced in my life, which I'm, I'm grateful to say that I have. Mm-hmm. Um damn it, like, it's right, it's true, you know, I don't think you have to be a Christian to understand that, or necessarily push it to have a Christian value, it's just, love, it requires you to be patient, it does require you to not be boastful, it, it's costly, and most of the time, like, love is an outward thing, it's not something that you get back, um, although you do get it back, Mm. it's just, it's funny, like, I, I spend most of my time thinking about how to do love, rather than, thinking about how to get it mm. and i think that's maybe a little bit of the joy of now that i ha- i feel like i have a lot love in my life that i'm not so desperate and stalking all the my potential people who could love me mm-hmm. um I-, I think it's a little bit easier to write about it but yeah that's that's what this record's about um the the title song love comes back around is to me like the pinnacle point i, I did it is a, a song about union it is a song about marriage mm. and that that balance um, between and kind of speaking to what we were talking about earlier, the universality of it, right. what makes me super glad I realized is um, I co-wrote this with a, a straight friend of mine, uh, Robbie Hecht, mm. and he's talking about his wife and I'm talking about my partner mm. as we're writing this song. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and there's no, ge- I don't think there's any gender in the song, mm. actually. Mm. I think this is one time that we, we thought about this in the pronouns of the song. Um, and try to kind of make it feel as universal as possible. But we were both very aware as we wrote this that we want, I think that speaks to the fact that we we wanted to write a song that people could celebrate their their marriage, their union, their covenant with one another. And um, as much as I kind of get a little bit nervous about being a songwriter and writing about love, I think Mm. all of the other kind of songs on this record had to, show that moment mm. why it's so amazing and why we kind of wait for that and when two people look you know the joy and just the amazing miracle it is that when two people can turn each other at a moment in time in front of god and everybody and say wow like you're going to stand with me through thick and thin and the other person says mm. yes and are you going to do the same for me and i don't know i was pretty excited to, to, to have that song and yeah. even more so after you know after the the marriage equality yeah. stuff went through it's it's pretty cool to be able to think of my fellow lgbtqi people being able to engage in that as well absolutely yeah uh yeah it's a beautiful song i i'm so excited for this album to come out and for us, for I, for all of us to get to get it in our hands. And- well, you can't right right now. There, we've got a few singles that are releasing through um, pledge um, my pledge campaign. Yeah. So between now and then, I'm not sure when you're airing this podcast, but um, you can 
you can help and even like even with the ple- while the pledge campaign remains up it's a way to be able to help us um you know you can your money goes straight into my pocket mm-hmm. um as far as the production of the record um but it also helps us directly put those funds right into making more gen nap fans as well so yeah. that's a pledge.com forward slash jennifer nap oh, or jennifer, jennifer nap music i think yeah okay but um that's a any of the music that's available there's two or three singles that are presently available you can wet your whistle um yeah. listening to those right away great wonderful and you're on tour through most of this month and next month too right yeah <laughs> yes all this summer i'm actually um i am on tour all this summer okay. i've been going hard hard and heavy that sounds so sexy <laughs> um uh so yeah i'll be make sure and i uh, get you know if you're available to come out and see us see a show this summer this is the time to see it i'm not going to be touring too much during the school year mm. because i'm actually working on getting my master's at vanderbilt divinity at the moment well, congratulations so oh uh, yeah well i it, hopefully congratulations will be in order about a year from yeah, now it's a lot of work um, <laughs> It is a lot of work. Um, I'm really enjoying it. And so right now, my lot of work is in the summer. Yeah. So tons of shows. Pacific Northwest, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on some dates in the South, Texas, uh, Upper Midwest, things like that. So, And there are dates being added on all the time. Great. So make sure and stop by JenniferKnapp.com to have a look. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and to join us. And Well, thank you, Matthias. I really appreciate it, too. <laughs> there we go. Be sure to check out Jennifer's new album uh, that comes out on June 23rd, Love Comes Back Around. Uh, She has a new single out on Spotify that's available right now. Her pledge campaign is still going. Uh, You can tweet Jennifer at at Jennifer under slash nap. Join in the conversation on Twitter uh, with Queerology as well at QueerologyPod. Uh, or at Matthias Roberts, either one works. Uh, I would love it if y'all would go over to iTunes and hit the subscribe button on this podcast or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, And also leave a review. Let me know what you think of this. Uh, You can do that on iTunes. You can head over to MatthiasRoberts.com slash review or just shoot me a little email using my contact page. Uh, If you have ideas of guests that you'd like to see on Queerology, uh, let me know. Uh, and can't wait uh, to continue on with the season. Uh, we have some great stuff coming up. Uh, so, until next week, bye! <laughs>